Hey, y'all. Thank you so much for joining us today on Origin Gates Daily Podcast. This is Wisdom's Echo, and my name is Parker Thomaston. As always, I'm very honored and delighted to have this opportunity to share my heart with you. And today, I want to kind of review on something um, that I've just been chewing on again And it has to do with your weapon of choice. Now, you may stop me right here and say, you know, Parker, I didn't think we were in a time of war. Um, Why is a weapon significant? Well, I'll tell you that this looks a little bit different than what we have uh, carried in the past. It's a lot different than the swords that we have wielded um, of, of just slicing and dicing and and all that stuff. But but today, I want to focus on this. You and I have been given an opportunity really to make a concurrent exchange from everything that we are carrying that is contrary to Yahweh's desire to everything that you and I were intended to carry that is concordant to Yahweh's desire. Um, the first example of this, um, I, I remember was actually given by um, Elijah Ward and Oracle Teresa uh, Bowen, and they shared some incredible revelation um, concerning where we are and what we've been entrusted with. And today, I have just been chewing on that, and I, I want to continue to dig into the thought of how Yahweh is rightfully identifying us as royalty as we transform from the sword to the scepter. So I want to begin with a short story of our home. Now, Becky and I, our street that we live on is called Coronado Drive. Um, Back in 2009, my wife, Becky, ran a full marathon in San Diego, uh, and we found that there was a place called Coronado Island. There was actually an incredible mansion uh, that was there. She and I, um, you know, neither of us had grown up in a um, an atmosphere of extreme wealth. And so whenever we saw this mansion and this island, we were just absolutely blown away. Come to find out, Coronado means crowned one. And then in 2017, we found our home on Coronado Drive. Uh, didn't think anything about it, uh, the names or the significance of the street name. Um, but I was doing some yard work. This has been years ago. And there was a little rolled up piece of paper that actually came up off uh, it came off of a gas can uh, that I had used to fill my lawn equipment with. Um, and it said the scepter. So here we go. Um, I've shared a little bit about this before, but what does it mean and why is it important to me? So a scepter is a staff or baton borne by a sovereign as an emblem of authority. And Yahweh spoke to me and said that the scepter is never used to gain victory, but to announce what has already been won. Now, I, I honestly feel the weight of that statement and feel like we could just stop there. And if we truly believe this, that a scepter is never used to gain victory, but to simply announce what has already been won, this can change your life for the better. Now, remember, the book of Hebrews was a reminder to the Jews that Yeshua had already paid the price for the sacrifices that they were preparing under the Mosaic law. 
And I want to share an interesting perspective about an encounter that I had with Moses. And this story is also found in the book of Exodus in chapter 17. But in verse 8, it says this, While the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. Um, I want to stop there and just say that Moses had just led the Israelites out of Egypt. And as they crossed the Red Sea, they were encamped in Rephidim. Now, Yahweh provided a miraculous well of water to accompany them on their journey. So while they were here trying to recuperate, the nation of Amalek had actually launched a pretty vicious attack on them. Now, who was Amalek? This is uh, pretty interesting, but he was actually Esau's son. And I believe he actually carried an offense because of what Jacob had received from Esau. These, the Amalekites, were, were some of the most evil, intrusive, and aggressive people in the land. Now, Amalek grew up in Esau's household. So he nurtured a progressive hatred of Jacob's descendants along the way. Now, these were the Israelites. His offspring became the nation of Amalek, and they lived in the southern part of Israel in what was known as the Negev Desert. But it's fascinating to me that not only did Israel sit above them in the spiritual realm, but also in the natural. Although the Negev makes up over half of Israel's total land area, it presents a lot of different barriers and challenges and obstacles there. So Moses commanded Joshua, come and choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. Now notice that Moses did not ignore the the attack here. He simply refused to engage with it because he was able to function properly and effectively. Proper identification always enables rightful function. Now, Moses knew that the role was to ascend the mountain and simply to possess the scepter of justice. Now, this word staff in the Hebrew is the word mate, and and this is Strong's H4294, but it's made up of mem, tet, and hay, and this is a branch is extending figuratively a tribe, also a rod, whether for chasting, um, excuse me, chastising, um, or ruling, throwing, or a walking staff. But figuratively, it is a support of life. So the secrets hidden in the source of the supply of heaven are obtained in the baskets of our breath. As we engage from our mountain within, we are able to inhale from the position of heaven and exhale into our positions in the earth. So Joshua in verse 10 did what Moses had commanded and he fought the army. But meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But when he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. So in my encounter, I came to a position where I could sense unrest. So I wasn't even aware that a group was under attack uh, because I was in the mountain with who I later discerned to be Moses, Aaron, and Hur. But as we witnessed Moses's response, I saw that what actually occurred was quite different than the cute little story that we had been taught in Sunday school. What I noticed is that in the beginning, Moses didn't drop his hand because he wasn't tired. And, and he began to drop his 
his hand and put down his scepter to pick up his sword. However, even when his intention shifted to fight the people, they begin to lose the advantage. And some translations of this story even say that Amalek prevailed. So in verse 12, it says that Moses' arms soon became tired so he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood at each side of Moses holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. And as a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. Now, this is the part of the story that I find uh, truly to be the most admirable were that his hands, as they were tired, there were men joined to him that would not allow his position to be compromised. And it's so important that you and I join ourselves with people who will cover and see us through difficult times in our lives where it might even look like we're losing a battle. But these are the ones that will position you on a stone to be seated. Now, this stone is no less Um, a stone, then his staff was a piece of wood. But I saw a throne and a scepter. And and this stone is is, um, uh, Eben or Eben, um, depending on how Bayet is occupied here. But it's found 272 times, and a majority of the time it's used uh, with the meaning to build. So the strength is found in the silence of the house as you allow your abiding to produce the immeasurable worth of sons. Aaron and her stood beside Moses until sunset. And there might be a lot of prophetic representation of the sunset, I know that it begins a new day, but what I witnessed was simply um, really that it was how long it took. In the light of eternity, it might not be long, but regardless, I want to encourage you today to remain positioned for as long as it takes. So family, I, you know, I know that Yahweh desires for you and I to be mindful of who we really are, but I think oftentimes that even when we have been invited into a seat or a position for us to celebrate and rest, sometimes you can still become tired in that seat. That's when you have to lean on the people that you allow your heart to be joined to. And as we allow our hearts to be joined to faithful men and women who will continue to just even in some moments lift our own hands up for us, that will enable us to remain in a place of victory. Um, notice that, that that we are, I mean, I, I, I just feel so strongly that oftentimes it's easy for us to trust Yahweh when things go according to plan. However, when they're not going according to plan, it's it, it almost, I don't know, maybe I'm just speaking for myself here, but it almost feels like for me, that those are going to be the moments when I try to make something happen. And here, it looked like Aaron and her would not even allow Moses to make something happen because he knew what was going on underneath them. So if there's something that is trying to defeat you, here's some advice. Ascend into your mountain, possess your scepter, and simply be seated in your throne in all of its expressions and remain there until the victory that you've announced is tangibly manifested. So the biggest takeaway that I have for us today is for you and I to just simply remain seated uh, in into a degree 
where the process of time works on our behalf and we're able to um, manifest the victory that has already been announced. We are carrying the victory. We are carrying the sound of, of, of um, celebration, of rejoicing, of joy in our lives just by the way that we walk and carry ourselves. This is the sound that all of creation is groaning for in you and I. And I believe that even in this process, it may not even look like it. You thought it would look or you thought it should look at times. Um, however, everything is going according to plan. Yahweh is in control, and the victory that we are announcing is being established. Um, this is where things begin to shift. This is where things begin to change, where we begin to see the goodness of Yahweh is even greater than anything that we could have hoped for, anything that we could have dreamt of, anything that we could have imagined. And so I encourage you today, if you are in a position to where you feel a bit weary, you feel a bit tired, like you have just remained in this position for so long and you've continued to raise your arms, um, I just ask that the host of heaven would come to your defense in your aid and help you lift your arms even longer. Um, do not even consider for a moment laying down the scepter that Yahweh has entrusted you with in order to exchange it for a sword. That is not the answer. It's not for you and I to try to make anything happen. This is just for us to remain seated and trust in the Father in his word that he has declared because we have already announced the victory and it is being manifested tangibly upon our behalf. So family, I hope that this has been an encouragement to you. I am, am so grateful for the way um, that Yahweh is just expressing and showing himself mightily in our lives. And I just declare a fresh wind over your spirit today that you would be encouraged, that you would believe again, that you would trust again in the goodness of God and see him in all of his glory as the glory within us is being revealed and transcending from glory to glory to glory to glory. Family, it's a tremendous honor and privilege to be able to share with you, and I look forward to the next time that we can do this together.